0: the 90s. Welcome to the Millennials of
1: SoCal podcast with Philly Phil and Nat Attack. Let's talk about the music, cartoons, and everything else about the best generation.
0: That is so yesterday. Hey everybody, it's Philly Phil. And this is Nat Attack. And we are the Millennials of SoCal. Today is episode number two. And we have a few topics, interesting topics to talk about. And uh, before we get to that, like, Matt, how's it been since the past <laughs> few days? Since, since
1: the past few days? Well, I'm really having a lot of fun making this podcast with you.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. It's been fun. Like, you know, this is like our second episode. And we're being very promotive about it, creating uh, intros to our future episodes before we started um, recording.
1: Yeah, and I've been able to play a lot in like some software programs and like Canva making like just different posts for social media. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've really been having fun and this has been a good project for us, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm learning this program too. So I'm just like, oh, what if I did this and did that and do all this and that? Yeah, and it's um, fun to learn. Yeah, it's fun to learn to uh, create these things because you know it, uh, it becomes appealing to people, right? To be like, Oh wow, that looks so cool. And then the music that we got, thanks yes. to our guy, he, him, uh,
1: Pastor Will Rice yeah, Pastor. on Fiverr,
0: on Fiverr yeah. he created
1: our intro. Yeah,
0: he produced the music for us because we've been getting a lot of uh, compliments on the on the, our intro music yeah
1: we've been using it everywhere though. yeah we've
0: been using it everywhere because i get, we're being told that it's catchy i
1: mean it's stuck in my head yeah, yeah. pretty
0: much yeah because it does give that the energy from that era
1: yeah it i definitely does. think so when we first requested um the song from pastor will rice we i was really hoping for like all that vibes you know like, the show from back in the 90s, all that. And, like, I wanted that introduction. Like, the very hip-hop-y feel, but, like, very catchy still. And I feel like we got that, but it's ours, you know? So, yes, I like it a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it, I like it a lot. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Speaking
1: of, you know what else I'm happy about? What? The reel we made for our second episode that we posted on social media. It's on Instagram, TikTok, and our Podbean account, and yes. Apple Podcasts. So and, and...
0: I decided to make a Facebook page as well. There you and go. And I put it on there.
1: It's been it's been really fun yeah. to make those connections. Yes. But um, our second reel
0: mm-hmm.
1: advertised the Hocus Pocus. Yes, it did. To movie. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast.
0: Exactly. So um, let's get to it. I'm going to hand it off to Nat because uh, unfortunately for my behalf, I, I fell asleep
1: and you're just an old man you fell asleep you didn't finish the movie yes but you know what this is going to work in our favor because then i can give you the details and surprise you and you'll you'll be just like a listener
0: yeah you know? i guess i can yeah okay yeah. we'll do it that way all right let's do it that way
1: okay i'm gonna start up with some quick movie facts hocus pocus 2 is directed by Anne fletcher and um she also directed the proposal with cedra bullock and ryan reynolds you know that movie oh yes yeah so she directed that so hocus pocus 2 brings back Bette midler sarah jessica parker and Kathina and Jimmy reprising their roles as the Sandra, as the Sanderson sisters, excuse me. And also Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson as well. None of the other original cast members from the original film are returning though. So we won't see yeah. like but Max.
0: Yeah, we won't see yeah. Allison or Danny. Technically that's not thank, thank God it's not a real spoiler. But who knows what if they make a guest appearance, but we don't know. Well I don't.
1: Well, sorry to ruin it, but none of the other characters in the original show up again in this movie, sadly. But they—they they, there are homages to them, and, and they, you see them throughout the movie, and I'll, I'll touch on that later on, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Hocus Pocus 2 is a revival. It's considered a revival, and it's not a reboot or a sequel. A revival acknowledges the previous or the original storyline, the original movie, and continues the story um, normally years later, so it's like a large amount of time has passed. And then the movie continues, and that's a revival. Mm-hmm. And um, as we've seen in the the trailer, there's three new characters, um, and two of them uh, light a candle, one of them is a virgin, and then the Sanderson
0: sisters come yeah. back. Wait a minute. Didn't the candle already pretty much burn out? How did they come back? What yeah. candle? Uh, do we want to give away more spoilers here? Let's take it a little easier. All I can say is that one of the characters... Not, um, kind of like a traitor. Not like a traitor, because he just wanted to experience seeing the Sanderson. Maybe
1: he's very naive. He's very yeah, ignorant yeah, to the danger.
0: Yeah, but he was like, oh, I want to see them. And
1: He, he very much idolized he, them. He, he did idolize yeah. them. Also, going on with more movie facts, Hocus Pocus 2 will be the first Disney movie to use the new Disney 100 logo. So keep an eye out for that. This revival took nearly 30 years to make since the original was in 1993.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and you know, it's funny because throughout like the 2010 era to 2020, like within that 10-year gap, they've been mentioning about trying to do a sequel, really trying, and we don't know what's going on. Like first we hear it's uh, the the director or... The, the the screenplay, you know.
1: Right, so the, initially there was some director issues. But, I mean, the main reason that this movie really pushed forward and came out because Bette Midler saw how this movie is still so popular. She asked the the other cast members and she went to production and she made it happen. She made the phone call. She was like, guys, let's, let's make this movie again. She made it happen. So thank yeah. you, Bette.
0: Yeah, and the good thing was it was to, it's what you call a connection for us, our generation, and to... Gen Z. Gen
1: Z also, yeah.
0: So that's what... And it's happening right now with Hollywood, like we've discussed on our previous episode, that they're trying really hard to bring back millennial uh, titles into the Gen Z. And either they're either bringing back some of the cast or they're changing the cast but making the old cast members as like a... Uh, a guest appearance or a special appearance. Right. But either playing as different characters or revising their roles but in older versions, you yeah. know, it, that's what's but this it's like it it brings back those characters to reprise those main roles. So they're still the main, you know, antagonist to the film. And that's why it's like, oh, so they're plotting again. They're plotting to do something again. Are they gonna eat the kids again? Are they gonna go out for revenge for the the three Max, Danny, and Allison for you know putting them back to their place?
1: Right, right. So and it, it's so fun to see them again. It's mm-hmm. I got really excited to know to find out that Hocus Pocus Two is gonna have the main characters again. The main actresses were gonna you know reprise original roles, mm-hmm. and I would love to see that because. Otherwise, it's just not as fun yes. for us, you know. Yeah. And I, and I know that Disney is still catering to us millennials. They're still doing things, yeah. um, thinking about our generation in mind, yeah, and Gen Z and Gen Alpha also, which is the youngest generation right now. Yeah,
0: we're losing yeah. that fan base. We need to reconnect. We need to bring back that age group. We need to get the attention of the the thirties, the forty year olds, because mm-hmm. that's pretty much
1: get them back again, that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to the movie, like stuff I really loved about the movie was how. Um, how many callbacks there were to the original Hocus Pocus. <laughs> like, the beginning started out the same way, and, and this is not a spoiler, just uh, the, the bird's-eye panel, the overshot mm-hmm. over the water, you know, like, that started out the same way. And then we get to see the Sanderson sisters as children.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: They did so well. <laughs> I was so impressed with the the actress that played Winnie. Um, her mannerisms, she got them down perfectly. And the teeth, right? Mm-hmm. And also the other actresses, the one that played child Mary and Sarah, they also got the mannerisms down yes. perfectly. Even like Mary's lip thing that she does, that little girl was doing it too. <laughs> it was so cute and I yeah. love to watch it.
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah, the kids had to like learn how they were, like the adults version. Like, said okay, I had to act like this. Yeah, You know, to really be like, great little yes. actresses. Yeah, and it, it was a really good uh, beginning because <laughs> i thought it, it was a pretty interesting beginning when you watch it and it's like She's being forced to marry a man. Right.
1: And at, at the ripe age at, of 16. Yeah. Right? And that's
0: just like, and she's like, no, no, he's not my true love. My true love is, of course.
1: Billy Butcherson.
0: And he's all like, what? Me? <laughs> he's like, why?
1: Right. And then, but the initial guy that she's supposed to marry was like, oh, thank God. Because he didn't want to marry her. Mm-hmm. He's like, she's ugly and unpleasant. And then Winnie is totally offended, but she's in love with Billy Butcherson. Yeah. Why?
0: Because uh, they shared a kiss, and they're all like, "Oh!" over the graveyard, and they're like, "Oh!" But you know what's funny when that is said, everybody's "Oh!" But then you can tell Billy's mom was right there, and she, she, he, he turns towards her, and she's all like, Look at her
1: son, like, like
0: looking at him, and they're like, what you know?" This is but there is a spoiler that I'm, we're not going to reveal. So, like, of course, you know, Billy is back, right? But. They, the other character was talking about like we all know about Billy and this and that. You know the story about Billy, like why he died. Yeah. And the truth is, Billy's like that's not what really happened. Yeah. That's a lie. That which what included him uh with Sarah and Winnie. Winnie and what? Like because in the nineties, like oh he was messing around. Right. But there's more to it. So. We'll leave that one for you guys to see.
1: To watch, right. And I really like how this movie did that for us. They kind of like went back to original storylines in the, in the original Hocus Pocus. And like they tied up those loose strings for us. You notice? Yeah.
0: And you know what I loved is that they brought back uh, original clips from the original Hocus oh, Pocus. Oh yeah,
1: they have flashbacks.
0: Yeah, yeah. As, as flashbacks. Yes, correct.
1: And all these callbacks still though, they're different enough but with, they still keep with the, all the major plot points of, of the new movie, so it made sense, you know, like the reason why they were calling back to the original, it made sense because the storyline is essentially continuing on, right? <laughs> so when we meet the young girls, San, Sanderson sisters, it's really nice to imagine like, oh yeah, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah are like this because now I see how they were as children or what they dealt with as children and now they grew up to be this way, right? Or how they ended up as witches. Oh, I just realized when I saw this movie that Winnie is the only witch. Sarah and Mary are not actual witches. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't. I did not know that. No. Yeah, I know that. I thought
1: they were all witches in the first movie, that Winnie is the only one with real powers and that's
0: Yeah, that's Yeah, cuz as kids were just like, oh, they're just the Sanderson sisters and they're just witches. The second one shows that technically it's mostly Winifred
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: because, well, this is the thing that we, to connect to the first one, is that they said that she was given the book by, you know, I don't like, you know, the devil himself, but it's not in the That's not the truth. That's not the truth. See, that's why it's like, wait a minute, so this is the thing even in real life, is that people can say one story, and then the real truth is this, the real truth is that, and... You know, because this happens to day-to-day um, life. But they put something like that into the movie, saying like, hey, wait a minute, I thought this, I thought that. But right. the truth is, nobody really, really knows. Right?
1: right, until you hear it from the source, which was wonderful, and that's when we find out. Yes. Can we can we talk about the book?
0: Oh, the book, the one, I...
1: <laughs> the one I... Can we talk about the book? Okay, this is also something I just realized, and maybe everyone else knows this, but I don't. I might just be living under a rock, but I think that book is um not necessarily cursed but it's enchanted because oh. do you realize that the Sanders and sisters when they're little and they get the book they're instantly charmed by it they think it's cute they're like oh look at it oh book and then also the new the new girls from the book pocus to the new characters mm-hmm. when they first get in contact with the book when they first touch the book they're also enamored with it they're like oh my god i think it's smiling look it's looking at me are, are you kidding me this is a book with an eyeball, <laughs> right? But that theme happened in the first movie and in the second movie, where people like the book. And frankly, as a child, I was like grossed out and terrified by it. Because there's an eyeball. Yeah, so I think the book is enchanted. What do you think? And also,
0: too, it's made by skin, too, right? It's,
1: it's made by human skin, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Like, so, like, why yeah, are why do long yeah, like, like it? Yeah, it's funny. And then you not And it's funny. It shows more that this book in the second one has more of a. Personality. Uh, personality. It starts having more, because it even has pages that they didn't want Winifred to look through.
1: Yeah, it's like the book kind of had, had, I mean, we knew that the book understood. We knew that the book, like, but I in the first movie, I thought the book was just obedient to Winifred. Yes. In the second movie, we see that the book kind of has his own... Opinions? Yeah, it has
0: his restraining, um, it has his boundaries.
1: Yeah, like he tries to set some boundaries and he doesn't want foot to that page. And no, he closes himself up and he's like, no, don't touch me, don't read me. And he makes a choice, you know. And
0: Well, no, he doesn't make a choice. She makes him. She uses her powers to force the book to stay open.
1: Well, I was jumping ahead a little bit there, but you didn't know that because you didn't finish the movie. But you're right. When she's trying to get the book to obey her, she ends up using magic against him. Um, and then you know the book has to open up, and that's really um, where the movie begins. You're at that point. After the, they come back, they meet with book again, and the movie really starts from there. And then um, another character that was brought back in this movie was, as we know, Billy Butcherson.
0: Doug Jones.
1: Right. He's an amazing actor.
0: And the fact is, if you guys if you guys don't know, but a lot of movie people know this is that he's one of the most well known actors. To never reveal himself in many of his movies. He's always, always, always in makeup, costume. Heavy makeup. Heavy makeup. Like, you don't really know who he is unless you Google him.
1: Right, exactly. And then you find out how many movies he's actually been in. Yeah. And he I would say he's probably...
0: He's in a lot. But the thing is, because we always see him in makeup, we don't even know who he is they just say oh look it's like this monster it's right this he's
1: guy. he's probably an actor like with the most roles under his belt in hollywood but probably never gets rec- recognized mm-hmm. out in the street yeah. let me tell you some of his roles age sapien and hellboy the angel of death and hellboy 2 pale man and pan's labyrinth silver surfer from fantastic four saru and star trek Conchise and falling skies and like so many other ones so many other ones just google him and you'll see that he's in so many movies but you He's not famous he's not famous famous like that you
0: know i know because people don't know what he looks like they just see these characters but nobody really knows what he looks like well until the movie shape of water came out and because he was the main role but he was still in heavy makeup still and then when he got his main role that's when he started getting more popularized like like, this is him right here. And like, oh, and some people are like, well, this must be your first big movie. He's like, no, I've been in like hundreds of movies. Big and then ones. Big ones that you probably don't know. Like, Hellboy. And they're like, and there's crowds are like, what, really? You've been in those movies? Where were, oh, you were that guy in the, you were the suit guy? or?" Yeah. And it's some just. Some strange character in heavy, heavy makeup. There's just people that just been in heavy, heavy makeup that we don't know what they look like. That, but and, they've been in all those yeah. big movies. And that's
1: his whole acting career.
0: Yeah. The good news is that he doesn't have to show his face. So he probably, and like he said in his um, career, he doesn't get recognized. So people pretty much give him his space. Like mm-hmm. they don't really like coming, like, oh, I want an autograph because right. they don't know who he really is. Right. Yeah.
1: So so we see Doug Jones in Hocus Pocus 2 as Billy, and he's really fun to watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to continue on talking about the movie uh, towards the end of it. And I'm not going to give out any major spoilers. But I, I do want to share with you, like, my reaction to the movie. hmm I teared up a little bit. Oh. I did. I cried a little bit at the and end. And I slept
0: through it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you slept.
1: I teared up and you were sleeping. And uh, But I cried because... But also, I always cry. I'm just a nostalgic person, okay? Like, I cried when we went to see Spider-Man... Um, no man home or no way home no man (laughs) (laughs) sorry i cried during spider-man no way home and and i cried here because i'm a nostalgic person and this movie surprised me it like this movie revived these characters for me right these like comfort movie um halloween characters for me and this movie also simultaneously took them away from me
0: Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm.
1: like i was totally surprised by it and although the, the Sanderson sisters aren't supposed to be like evil, and I, I understand that they are. Um, I also like grew attached to them in a weird way as characters. Yeah,
0: it's worth a watch, guys. Yes, we've been waiting. Yes, it is worth a watch. So, what's the next topic?
1: Let's talk about American Pie.
0: American Pie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that movie well, you, makes me laugh.
0: Well, yeah, you think about it like when that movie came out as a lot of, you know, boys a little a little excited for some of those scenes you know
1: yeah (laughs) but
0: it does give you a bit of a a sexual education but in the adult comedy version
1: yeah this is definitely a coming-of-age story that is centered around sex ed 100 percent, and like there's no better way to describe it but let me give you some facts about american pie so mm-hmm. this movie came out in 1999 with a rated R rating, but originally it had an NC-17 rating.
0: Oh, I and, bet.
1: <laughs> and and can you imagine that the movie that we know now was actually worse before? It had a, a higher rating, but they removed a few scenes and it lowered down the rating to rated R. It was directed by Paul and Chris Weitz.
0: Of course, they are brothers.
1: Yeah, they're brothers. <laughs> in this raunchy film, the most... The most eagerly awaited and most humiliating rite of adulthood is losing one's virginity. A group of friends make a pact to lose their virginities together before high school ends, and the story continues from there. Now, I want to share something that I found online that I thought was really, really interesting, and I think it speaks volumes onto what our podcast is about. Ready? Go ahead. So, in a Reddit thread, someone, like an anonymous poster, um, asked the question, how did American Pie become so iconic?
0: Well, wow. yeah, I know, I think about that, you know, it it's one, of course, some of the iconic actors and characters, I think of one character, I think a lot of us know this one individual character. Stifler? It, Stifler. Yeah, I knew
1: you were going to say that. The, 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 I like Stifler yeah, too. Yeah,
0: Stiffmeister. Stiffmeister. And pretty much that, that role gave Sean William Scott uh, a big name when he played Stifler. Yeah. Yeah, the man with three first names. I mean,
1: but I I, I don't know him as any other character other than Stifler. When I think of him, I think of Stifler and no one else.
0: Yeah, because he's done other movies, um, but this movie gave him that title of Stifler. And there's even memes that are like, every time I see this guy, the only name I could think of is Stifler. Yep,
1: that's right. No one else can replace him. Mm -hmm. But going back to this Reddit post I found. Someone asked, how did American Pie become so iconic? And there's no way to confirm this on my end, but I'm going to guess that whoever asked this question on Reddit was not a millennial.
0: Oh, yeah. Very
1: likely someone younger or someone older than us. I'm going to say someone younger than us. Because in this post, they say that the movie was forced humor, that it was super gross, that they don't think it was funny, etc., etc. It's all this terrible, terrible stuff about it, right? But they fail to understand why so many... Millennials like us love the movie and the best response to this question was that it became popular because it came out in an era where sex wasn't so easy to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, this was during a time when Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears were still little virgin Pop singers. Does that make sense? Yes. So, and we were, what? Eight we were nine. nine years old. So we didn't see it when it first came out. We yeah. saw it later, maybe a few years we later. We
0: probably, in, when I started seeing the American Pie series, Um, I was already in high school.
1: Right. But, so, so it was relevant to us, Um, the, the sequels that came out of this movie, they were relevant to us because they came out during a time when we were going through puberty. Yes. And when we were interested in sex and we were learning about this stuff. So when we watch these movies and we see these other guys, like embarrass themselves and they go through all this stuff it kind of made us feel a little better about sex. Yes. i don't know right
0: yeah because they probably because the thing is i can tell you for sure some of us go through like what those characters were going through that's why maybe like each character has a Different expression of one is desperate, the other one is with somebody, but yet he's not sure if she, they want to go the distance. Or, and, yeah,
1: he is, but she isn't. Yeah, like, and... The other one is just super horny all the time. The yeah. other one is very classy about it. Yeah,
0: and then, <laughs> of course, the sentimental one. Jim? Jim? No, that oh. that's Oz Oh, Oz, yeah Oz Gem, is, very, is the desperate Desperate one, yes And
1: Oz is very poetic about his yes, love life Yes, Oz,
0: you know I like Oz
1: <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like Oz? So when submitting this script to the studios The screenwriter, whose name is Adam Hertz Titled it Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy That Can Be Made for Under a Million Dollars Which the studio readers will likely hate But I Think You Will Love That was the title that the screenwriter Submitted his screenwrite to for this movie. Because he didn't have a title for it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah of course the studio picked it up. And it it came out as American Pie. Another fun fact about this movie. Is that this film didn't actually invent the term MILF.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't think so. But for us it was like kind of like the first time. We actually heard the term.
1: Being used. Being
0: used. Yeah. but
1: And then we started using it. Yeah. And yeah. that's American Pie. What was your favorite scene
0: in uh... that movie?
1: <laughs> I want to know.
0: Let's see. There's so many. Um, well, it's in. A, it's of course inappropriate, but it's funny. Is the part? It's pretty much the beginning where um, when Kevin and uh, his girl Vicky are in the bedroom, and it's like they want to explore. They want to, you know, they go to the bedroom, and of course, she's giving him a a BJ. Oh God! Yeah, and then Kevin's like, "Oh my God." Here I go, and then next thing you know, she, like, she, of course, goofs because she got him to blow, but in a beer cup, right? Okay. As soon as they're finishing up, uh, Stifler comes in with a girl, and they're just like, like, screw you, Stifler, right? And then he kicks him out, and they take their spot, which is the bed. so it's like, and this girl's like, I need a beer. He's like, oh, there's one right here. Yeah, and next thing you know, you know, Stifler is like, you know, talking to her, and next thing you know, he drinks the beer, and he's like, he's like. It this tastes is... funny. And then he looks at the door and then he's like, Oh my God, he knew what he just drank. <laughs> and then, terrible. and then of course he blew, he blew chunks on her. <laughs> but, this
1: movie was so terrible but it was so cringy, but we couldn't look away. I couldn't look away yeah. from this movie. Yeah. I didn't see it until much later. Yeah. I must've been 19 when I yeah. first saw it, but I, I was disturbed, but also fascinated.
0: Yeah. And no, I was like the same way too. We, we all were. And I, it's funny because the only well-known cast member at that time was uh, Thomas Nicholas because we known him as the rookie of the year, the the kid that threw the the fastball for breaking his arm.
1: Yeah, that yeah, cute little baseball yeah. player. It's yeah, it's funny how
0: it's kind of crazy to see somebody uh, like a kid child star that was just doing like fun kid movies, and then when he gets older, now he's doing like an inappropriate movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But think about it this way. Like Tom Hanks did an inappropriate movie to The Bachelor Party, and now and then he moved from that genre to, like, you know, it's when just he started
1: like, in very innocent roles, like Big, for example, or, right?
0: Yeah, or yeah, and went from like Forrest Gump and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: to serious roles. But, but this movie also gave like names for Jason Biggs, like we said, Sean William Scott, and of course. We all know the, the line, you know, (laughs) one
1: time at band camp,
0: camp, Allison Hannigan. Yeah. Yeah. That she's, (laughs) that line, that's her line.
1: Yeah. Everyone, she, she has said in interviews that everyone comes up to her and says, oh, one time at band camp and she's fine with it so long that they don't say the second part of that line.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. Especially not in front of her children. And you know, it's funny how they kind of like make fun of her in a way, like you said about the line. Mm -hmm. So remember we were watching Penn and Teller's uh, Fool Us, right? And a magician does a trick and Penn and Teller figure out what the magician's trick was. So they both go up there, but Penn... He's like, hey, Tyler's going to talk to him. You focus over here because he doesn't want Allison to listen to the trick because the magicians keep it a secret, right? But he pulled her to the side and he's like, oh, I want to talk to you real quick before. Let them talk. So I remember this one time in magic camp and then everybody started laughing because they because she yeah. was like, <laughs> she, she knew like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's you, her line. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's her line. But he put uh, magic, <laughs> like magic camp.
1: That's yeah, I mean... Uh- Fortunately and unfortunately for her, I, that's just something that's gonna follow her well, for like, the rest but, of her career. Well, it's no, but
0: it's it's kind of good in a way because she she established a iconic line yeah. that's dedicated to her, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, "I'll be back," right, or yeah. other like other lines. But this cast rose from this movie. They, I mean,
1: the fact that it what was it a, tr- a trilogy? There's, there's four. There's four. No, it's not trilogy. No, it's, it's well, not, the fact that this one movie after mm-hmm. it says a lot about the franchise oh yes because you don't get that a lot and all the preceding films were just as good they held up they mm-hmm. were fun to watch and they had the same energy and i wasn't like oh i hate the third one or i hate the second one i liked all of them i think equally and all of them made me laugh oh yeah in the same way yeah
0: and the only thing that um i don't like what they did with the american pie series was they did spin-off sequels uh-huh. and you know spin-off sequels some I'm not saying all some could be okay but majority of it is just like no you need to keep the original cast just to keep the series going and keep it where it should be yeah
1: because
0: it's yeah. not the same
1: it's not the same I think I only think it's funny like sex jokes are only funny when they happen to gym
0: yeah oh and yeah right oh. I oh oh my god now, now you bring that now now you brought that up i oh my god the, everybody knows this part so of course i wanted to bring this up okay. and this is funny okay. and disgusting no. but um so jim would always talk about what is second base like and oz tells him like warm apple pie so jim's thinking and next thing you know like, a few days later, he sees a pie in the, kitchen. in the kitchen in one of the islands. And he sees it, and then he's, like, thinking, uh, like, about what Oz said. <laughs> he, um, his dad comes up, he's like, oh, <gasps> you know. And, of course, the pie's all crumbled no. up. The camera just shows the pie Absolutely just.
1: Absolutely destroyed.
0: <laughs> he destroyed a pie. Yeah. And he told us he told you, like, we'll just tell your mother that we ate the pie yeah (laughs) and the thing about the american pie series too that i thought about and of course jim there's always something embarrassing in one of the movies like to that point where a lot of people are hearing or seeing it it's just like the first one of course like the webcam and then and did the same thing for the second one with the the walkie-talkies like somehow the it just like went out to like a lot of radio stations in the in the area you know that yeah. it's just like they're hearing what's going on or seeing what's right. going on it's
1: like Murphy's Law I think anything bad that can happen to Jim it's going to happen to Jim
0: but yeah. it, this movie just went overboard yeah
1: the movie is this the movie itself is not necessarily normal but I mean the topics that were talked about was normal and I am I am glad that you know we have a movie like this because it makes it easier for us like you said to laugh at those embarrassing things because
0: we cut we went through some of these
1: Sure, yeah, because yeah. like sex is weird and sex is funny, and American Pie let us laugh at that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, it, it did a really good job at that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was trying to look up Eugene Levy's quote for American Pie line where he finds Jim having had relations with an apple pie, and I found this. I found the quote. He says, "Masturbating when I was a, a little younger, I used to call it stroking the salami. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pounding the old pud. Jim's that." <laughs> Um, I never did it with baked goods, but you know, <laughs> but you know your uncle, I can't get through this, like, but you know your uncle Mort. He pets the one-eyed snake five, six times a day.
0: <laughs> I I
1: just, okay, his, the dad, what was the dad's name again? Oh
0: my God, Mr. Livingston.
1: Mr. Livingstein, his character was so wholesome. Yeah. Like, he he helped in the worst way, yeah. but at least he tried.
0: Yes, he tried. And you know, that's the thing about us dads the you know we usually rely on the parents to teach our kids um as well because they're going to go through these changes and jim's dad tries to but the thing is of course they're a senior high school so it's kind of late but they're going to go through changes and they don't know how to express it to be like you know like dad i'm
1: this is happening i I feel i
0: feel like this or dad i'm And that's kind of like how you see Jim. And then now his dad is now started, but it's late, you know? Right. Because he's a senior.
1: Right. Yeah, I think he should have had those conversations a bit earlier in Jim's life. But nonetheless, we appreciate Mr. Livingstein. (laughs) Yes, we do. And and aside from Mr. Livingstein, also um, Stifler's mom. Can (laughs) we talk about Jennifer Coolidge?
0: Oh, Stifler's mom.
1: She's iconic on her own. She's great. She's so wonderful.
0: Yeah, she is. But when she did that, this movie, of course, they she only they only call her Stifler's mom. She doesn't have a name. That's
1: yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I'm like, what's her name? Name Stifler's mom.
0: It's just Stifler's mom. It, that's it. And how <laughs> Finch is like, cause Finch, he tries to be like, you know, what did you say he was? He well, wasn't.
1: I call him very like. Uh, what did I call him? Poetic,
0: yeah. very like yeah. proper, he proper. Tries to... Yes, but it, when of course, like throughout the movie, he, he spreads a rumor, and what's well, his name? The uh, the other girlfriend of um, Vicky's, uh, what's her name? Jessica. She he pays her to like spread rumors that are true about him, like he's this, he's that, and next thing you know, it involves Stifler, and then Stifler did a prank on him, and then. It, it, it kind of blew his reputation in the school, right? Right. Because um, he gave him uh, lax, like, to drink. And, laxative. And he, laxative. Okay. And then, of course, he craps in the girls' bathroom, but it's all <laughs> out of control, right? And nobody wanted to be around him ever <laughs> right. since, right? right? And then he's all alone, of course, at Stiller's party, and then he's just exploring, and then he just opens the door, and, of course... Stifler's mom's there okay. and then um, he he tries to just flirt with her and of course they look at the pool table and she and she's like are you ready for me or like no <laughs> the way she did it Stifler is just like when that happens like of course in the he's like why is this door closed and he opens the door but you don't see anything but you just see his reaction like mom no shit face Oh, hi, Stiffler. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it. You know, in conclusion, you yeah, know, that, it was one of the most, fun, how do you say, funny sexual educational movie, yes. I would say. Yeah. We just, you know, I think the kids are still too young to watch it, even though we watched it when we were young. But like we said, we're millennials. We are kick ass. Sure. Yeah. We're kick ass. We, we, we can are. watch this stuff,
1: not you. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: so that was American Pie. That uh,
0: was American Pie. Now to get to back to PG. What is um, our next show?
1: The next show that we're going to talk about is Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Move it, football head. Oh,
0: yeah, Helga. Helga. Oh, Hey Arnold. I remember when I, my, my brother wasn't even born yet and that show came out. It's just like you hear these titles and you just like, I remember it was just me before my little brother came in. Well, it was just me and my sisters. But yeah. Yeah, and Hey Arnold came in around that time. And had any new cartoon that came out in Cartoon Network, mostly Nickelodeon. Because I think Cartoon Network didn't get the rise until like later 90s. But majority of the early 90s was all Nickelodeon. And of course, Hey Arnold came around that time. And we all loved it. Yeah. He was just always so positive. He wasn't as negative as any other character in that cartoon. Yeah,
1: that's really true. Hey Arnold was like super cool. He was a cool kid.
0: He was. right.
1: Yeah. He had cool friends and he lives in a cool house. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. This this Nickelodeon show was created by Craig Barlett and it aired from 1996 to 2004 Mm -hmm. with a total of 100 episodes over a span of five seasons, including two movies. Do you know Arnold's full name?
0: Oh, God, you're going to do that to me. Oh, my God, you know, I don't know. know, I I should know better, but I don't know.
1: It's Arnold Philip Shortman. That's Arnold's full name. It's kind of cool that they gave him a full name. So in in this show, Arnold, the main character, is a fourth grader. Did you know that, too? I Uh, I, I think,
0: no, I knew he was a fourth grader because there was an episode where the sixth graders, this was the day where the sixth graders were going to trash the fourth graders, the trash can. There was an episode on that where. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Arnold is in fourth grade and he lives with his grandparents in Washington. Phil, did you know that this was the first animated series on Nickelodeon to use children's voices?
0: Oh, no. You know, I think, yes, I did know. Yes.
1: And at one point, five different kids voiced Arnold. I, I couldn't tell though. Like all the seasons that yeah. they had, I never noticed yeah. that his voice changed at all. So it's interesting to find out that five different kids yeah. played his voice. And do you want to talk about like their first episode?
0: Oh, their first episode. First. <laughs> the, first uh, episode. the first episode. Uh yeah. So you mentioned this to me, um and I actually remember this by heart. Go it's ahead. the it's that one when they're when hey when Arnold's of. A banana and uh, Gerald's uh, a strawberry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's called Downtown As Fruits.
0: What happened? How did it go bad?
1: Oh, yeah. So Helga is, 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 is trying to direct a play at the, at school, and Arnold and Gerald are supposed to be in this play As Fruits, a banana and a strawberry, and so they take the bus downtown, but, um, I mean, Helga was being...
0: Helga. Just say yes. Helga's being Helga. Helga was being good? Because we know how hell is.
1: And Arnold and Gerald were like, why do we even want to do this thing? So um, they kind of end up missing the stop for the school and the, the, they, the bus just keeps going and they go further and further into downtown, like kind of like a sketchy area yeah. of downtown. So now they have to get off the bus and now they're on the streets dressed up as fruits. Yeah. Do you remember what happened from here?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they're just around. But then next thing you know, uh, a car drives by and throws them a package. A bag. A bag. A bag yeah, of money. and then next thing you know, they said it's money, and they take off with it. And next thing you know, you see these two other guys come in, dressed, you know, the same outfit as, Ar- as as a banana and strawberry, and you know, and hey, Arnold and Gerald are just walking around the streets, and then the coincidence of. Them going to a place where the they the, the the two criminals and the guy who dropped off the money were like, I dropped it off to you guys, and they're just mm-hmm. sitting in there. And next thing you know, they they see them and like, wait, it's them, and, you know. And they, right. So now and, they're
1: they're being chased they're by being, these bad guys, um, everyone's dressed up as fruits, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. So Gerald and Arnold are trying to get away from these bad guys. And then oh, in that first episode, a payphone was. In it, so that was like totally oh, freaking I'm like, wow, I yeah, haven't seen pay, a payphone. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Side note. Um, so they go into this underground jazz club. I don't know. They go into a building, right? And they meet someone called Zamboni Jones. And Zamboni Jones is a psychic. Mm-hmm. So they get like their future told. And Zamboni Jones tells them that they have wronged someone and that someone is like, waiting for them and that they have, like, betrayed someone that they're going to be cursed or whatever. And then Arnold thinks, oh, no, Helga, we we dumped her, we ditched her. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, you you go back to the play at the school and everything's just falling apart. Yeah. Like, Helga's just really struggling over there. Ah, Helga, yeah. (laughs) So, after, so, Arnold feels this way and he decides, let's go back and let's finish the play. So, Mm -hmm. they go back to the school and they arrive just in time and they do, like, a final singing number and then that's
0: the end of the episode. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's you know, that's one of the, like we call a, a good classic. You yeah. know? And the good news about Hey Arnold, we can watch it anytime on Paramount because of Nickelodeons associated with Paramount. So if you have like Paramount Plus, you can still see Hey Arnold and you can see the the first episode. And I should I think I should watch it too.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can always just
0: do oh, that. Oh, yeah, we animals. can always watch it, yeah. yeah. So
1: do you want to yeah. talk about
0: Arnold's room? Oh, my God, I forgot about his room. Dude. Oh, yes, his room. Yeah. The, that was the room to have.
1: That was the coolest room on TV.
0: That Yeah, how no. who would have, like... I yeah. would love my ceiling to like see the sky. Yeah, but... so
1: number one, it was in the attic, right? Yes. Number two, he had his own couch, like a remote control couch. It would like flip out from the wall. Yeah,
0: and he always had a controller that turned on everything. It,
1: like it, the control also moved the lights and stuff. He had his own computer. And he was in fourth grade. Like, I never had my own computer in my Dude, room when I was fourth in fourth grade. grade.
0: In fourth grade, I had a share room with my brother. And we were in a small little bedroom. Yeah. And, yeah, like,
1: and meanwhile, Arnold has, like, this whole luxury apartment, right? And, like you said, the glass ceiling so you can see the stars. And I'm totally jealous of his room. And yeah. someone actually remade it in real life. You um, can Google, like, real life Arnold's room and look at pictures of someone who, like, yeah, recreated his bedroom.
0: Yeah. That's Hey Arnold. So... I got another topic to bring up. Purple ketchup. Green ketchup. Ugh. Ketchup, Just you know, me. you know what, that's funny. And then we have red ketchup, and then we have <laughs> yellow. Well, yellow ketchup is actually mustard, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, do you remember? You remember yeah, ketchup the, from yeah. the 90s, right? Yeah. well, and, actually, from the early 2000s,
0: actually, yeah. But we were still kids because we still, because remember, we still fit the early 2000s, still kind of fits in our era,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I'm letting you know that Heinz ketchup came out with their brand Easy Squirt. And it was basically just purple ketchup. And all of us flocked to the grocery stores. A bunch of us had purple ketchup, purple or green ketchup, right? Yeah. Until we started asking questions like, where does this purple ketchup come from? Is there, are there purple tomatoes? And then all the parents in the house were like, light bulb, why are we letting our kids eat this stuff? Yeah. And then Heinz ketchup, Heinz purple ketchup sales went down. Yeah. Like through the ground.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah they discontinued it. That was the thing about the '90s. Like we saw something different like that, but cool. We just went for it. And another um, commercial that was pretty interesting to me. That um, we don't have to go too detailed. It was pretty easy. Capri Suns. So we Capri Suns are still out, but what they used to do when you see somebody cool drinking it, they would turn into like this blob of water, and they would just like shoot to like a location. Because I think they were trying to emphasize it as more of a sports drink because I, I used to think that if we drink Capri Suns, that would happen to us.
1: Right, yeah. You know? Because we and, were
0: young. Yeah, we were young. And the uh, thing is, is that we would get Capri Suns after like baseball games when I was playing T-ball. Oh, if I got a Capri Sun, we were like, oh, do you think we can like, you know, we pound so much, maybe that's where, where, where we're going to turn on water and run like ghost we were Like, yeah, well, it did the job of us pounding that really quickly and making our bladders full, <laughs> and, to, and rush us to the bathroom. Maybe that was the point of the commercial.
1: <laughs> no, but did you? Um, I remember kids from when I was growing up when they would drink Capri Suns. They would like drink it all right, and it wasn't not a lot of juice. I think yeah. it's maybe six or eight ounces. Of oh juice yeah, then, but then they would blow up the package. And oh then, yeah, and then they would stomp it on the floor. Oh yeah, I, and, yeah, and I think that's where respect the pouch respect pouch, yeah. Right? yeah respect the pouch yeah.
0: and okay. and the, like another commercial is the fruit gushers when those came out terrifying terrifying yeah so like when you saw those fruits like i know like in the future the cgi started getting a little better but like the original i mean this
1: is when the next. this is when the networks first got a hold of cgi technology and they realized what they can do with it and they made the most ridiculous weirdest stuff
0: yeah, when I had them and ate one, I was like, "Wow, it's like it's just like um, like a fruit roll up, but with some syrup or something, color syrup or right. Yeah, it is. yeah, some and, sticky yeah, syrup. And, and I would think that if we ate one, would my head turn into a fruit? Right. You know, that was the thing about us, like when we eat or see things, like we think that maybe this would happen, we would turn into this. Kids think think like that all the time, but it was more creative back then. Like, oh my god, can that really happen? Because mm-hmm. that was when that parents gave out snacks and they probably just throw that in there.
1: And I think a lot of other millennials felt that same way that they were that they thought, "Hey, maybe I might turn into a fruit if I eat this snack." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I a lot of it people really, experienced. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty
0: much. Another um, interesting uh, commercial. Got milk?
1: Got milk? Yeah. No, I don't got milk, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're. Yeah, you're, you're. I don't like milk. Yeah, you don't like milk. But those commercials were pretty pretty interesting. I know they were encouraging um, kids to drink milk, or some of it would be funny. Tell me more about it, Nat.
1: Yeah, well, the Got Milk campaign, right, started in 1993, right? And this, the initial, the first time it came out, this Got Milk catch line, was the Hamilton Burr commercial. Do you Mm -hmm. remember it? It was like this guy, and he was listening to the radio, and he was like making himself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he takes like a fat bite of this sandwich. And then the radio host on the radio, like has um, a trivia question, like you can call in and answer, right? And it was a, a Hamilton Burr radio contest question. And the guy knows the answer, but because he has a mouthful of peanut butter and Jay, he can't say it. Oh! Like He needs a glass of milk, right? So the question was, who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duo? Mm. And the answer was, Aaron Burr. (laughs) That's how he said it with peanut butter. Aaron Burr. It's Aaron Burr. Everyone knows that trivia question because of this commercial. This Mm -hmm. is like one of the most, like easiest trivial questions yeah. you can answer it's like it's not even something you know it's just something you remember
0: yeah those got those got uh milk commercials uh went um crazy for like mm. on kid commercials like those, yeah. like remember the one and sometimes they emphasize health into it too
1: right
0: you know for calcium buildup you know because there was one i i don't know it by heart but i remember like some guy was all in a cast and these uh, people around were eating like he was eating a cookie but he needed milk. Right. The cookie was his mouth because I was the well, one because his whole body was in a cast and then next thing you know, everybody's drinking milk and he's like, he's like, rrr, rrr, because nobody can hear him because he, and he can't move because right. he's in a cast, mm-hmm. right? And of course, Got Milk. Got
1: Milk. And then it also turned into like the Milk Mustaches. The Remember Milk Mustaches. That? The Milk Mustaches. You saw like billboards or you like said advertisements. magazines.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last Got Milk commercial that I can think of, and I think I showed you this uh, before we did this, was uh, the kids refused to drink milk because their mother said, oh, you need to drink milk. Strong Boat's like, we don't want it. The neighbor across the street, he doesn't drink milk. Yeah,
1: so the neighbor was outside pushing around a wheelbarrow first, and then he, the kids like see him out through, the, through their window, and he's waving at them, yeah.
0: right? He's like, morning, kids. And then when he lifts it up, because they said like, he doesn't drink milk, and he lifts it up, and his arms fall off. He's like, oh, that's <laughs> not good. And then the kids are looking, and they see the, and even the mother are all pounding They're down, all chugging pounding, milk. chugging the milk, and they thing you know, got milk.
1: You know <laughs> what's so funny about this campaign? What? That although this commercial slogan was really popular... Um, because everyone remembers the slogan. But since the campaign started in '93, like milk, milk sales have been going down, like, yeah. pr- like consistently going down since then. People are drinking less and less milk. So yeah. these commercials were great, but they did nothing for the milk com- the
0: milk yeah. businesses or yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, everybody's going vegan somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, yeah.
0: That. Our last two commercials. Next one. Uh, you said you didn't know this one.
1: I didn't know this one. Yeah. You show it to me.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll go over. So there is always this thing and um, about soda, which is the Pepsi Girl.
1: The Pepsi Girl commercial. The Pepsi
0: Girl. And it was this little actress... Um, what was her name again, Bebs?
1: Uh, Haley, Haley Eisenberg?
0: Haley Eisenberg. Yeah, and she would just come to this diner and, you know, the waiter gives her, like, the glass with Pepsi with a straw and she takes a sip and she starts singing like Aretha Franklin. And she's singing, and it just became such an iconic, um, role for her to do that because ever since she did that, I really didn't see her again as much. But they, when they bring her up, it's always the Pepsi commercial that she did. Made her an, a, a figure.
1: I guess so, because she was so cute. She had the dimples and the curly hair. Mm-hmm. If, for those for those of you who don't know who the Pepsi girl is, it is the young actress who played Marie in the movie Polly.
0: Oh, Polly. Right. The parrot, right?
1: Yeah, so it's that little girl. That little girl was the actress for the Pepsi commercials. That same Pepsi commercial that you're talking about, Aretha Franklin was actually in that commercial too, yeah, right? She,
0: yeah, and that's the, the foot, what do you call it, irony? Yeah. That she's like, you see her, she's singing. Well, this little girl
1: is like a big voice, Aretha Franklin uh, hey. voice, and then she's in like the booth she's next to her. She's in the booth next to <laughs> her.
0: Yeah, wow. I was like, wow, how does she sound like Aretha? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: cute.
0: Yeah, but that was a really iconic commercial, especially for Pepsi. Even though I still prefer Coke because Pepsi had a little, to me, I felt like it was too sugary. But. You think
1: so? You know, on a blind taste, this is random facts with Matt. <laughs> on a blind taste test, um, more people choose Pepsi over Coke.
0: Yeah. Did you hear about the Pepsi challenge? That's going to be another topic. We'll bring that up. Okay. There is a pep- There is a, st- a topic on the Pepsi challenge.
1: Okay. We'll okay. bring it up later. We'll Let's bring it up Let's go on later. to the next commercial. Next one. One.
0: So this one is the, the, the go-getter right here. Mm-hmm. This one we all forgot about this. We, mm-hmm. I know we all forgot about this, but here it is.
1: Yo quiero Taco Bell.
0: Ay. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell the Chihuahua. How, we, we never seen him uh, in like how many years? It's got um, been so long since uh, the Chihuahua.
1: Well, uh, well, the the initial well, the initial slogan for the Chihu- the Taco Bell Chihuahua came out in 1997 so we were a bit older but it only went through 2003 or even before that because yeah. taco bell was sued in 2003 because of that commercial why because they stole the idea from some guy that walked in and like said oh guys like look, um let me backtrack some some individual went to a taco bell company and was like hey i have an idea for your business um my idea is this demon dog that is like wants taco bell and he's crazy for taco bell and he's a yappy chihuahua and blah 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 the company was like oh thanks for the idea you can leave now and then they took his idea and then all these ghetto taco bell commercials came out and this guy was like dude that's my idea
0: there's always been things like that back in those days Mm -hmm. where they would take ideas from people and then say like oh it's crap or it's no good and yet they used it and there's a but the chihuahua yeah that's kind of like that's kind of a low blow what they would do to people like that.
1: But at the end of the day, I don't feel bad for it because the original guys, um, they their names were Thomas Rinks and Joseph Shields. They after they sued Taco Bell, they walked away with thirty point one million dollars in compensation. Ooh. So who cares? Yeah. That's all. But that's also why well, we don't have the Chihuahua, the, the Taco Bell Chihuahua right. anymore.
0: And you know, and they would use it, and even in movies, because remember, a Legally Blonde. Where she has a Chihuahua and she's looking, the Chihuahua dog's looking at the TV and the commercial is up. And yeah. it's like the Chihuahua, it has fantasizing, fantasizing for the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Commercials now just aren't, they just aren't as good. When I was younger, I would actively watch commercials and now I just walk away from the commercials now. Do you know what that dog's name was? The original actor, the dog?
0: Uh, no. His name was Gidget. Gidget? Like, mm-hmm. like pets? Yeah. Gidget? Gidget. Yeah. Gidget? That little
1: chihuahua's name was Gidget. How cute is oh that? Oh my
0: god. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, the last two parts of this show are really, really big because we... I feel like this is a good millennial topic. One of the most iconic songs for the month of October to celebrate Halloween.
1: Thriller, thriller night i'm sorry yes thriller the michael jackson song thriller um which came out in 1983
0: yes the beginning of the millennial era right his album thriller came out and this is what revolutionized pop and thriller was one of the most iconic songs he did and iconic music video he did
1: yeah it was a it was I think they called it a feature. They, they, didn't, called, call it, they didn't call it a music video. Yes. They called
0: it a feature. Yeah, it was a feature. It was such a good, well-played-out feature. I would say, I like to say music video, but I understand where, you know. I mean, wanna... yeah,
1: yeah. Michael Jackson's work is not as simple as just a simple music video. or yeah. just a song. No, you have to call it something more than that. But yeah, so um, Thriller was directed by John Landish and written by Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. also John Landish. The, voice, the rap voice um, in the song
0: was actually uh, Vincent Price. Oh, Vincent Price. So here's another Phil fact. So our next episode, we're talking about um, horror characters. I was talking to the Nat Attack about this, and she doesn't know this. So Vincent Price was pretty much the horror um, icon actor for pretty much, what, the 50s and 60s? So okay. And he was just like a well-known actor, like he did one of the the original House on Haunted Hill and the original The Fly. Oh
1: really? Okay. Yes I... cuz
0: I know you I showed you The Fly the Jeff Goldblum one Jeff Goldblum. but it was a remake of that one that Vincent Price was in and Vincent Price was just playing all these like roles in horror movies. Okay. And he was always the main actor which is like he's another a horror icon in the 50s 60s maybe some 70s. Mm-hmm. You know and that's why they put him into that music video mm-hmm. because even his voice sounds very yeah. creepy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean,
1: I can't imagine that being voiced by any other actor. It's so iconic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the the song itself gets you dancing.
1: I want to learn the choreography. Yeah. It's like on my bucket yeah. list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna take some time. So here's another um, interesting fact, the personal fact, Ooh, and I personal. got this from my mom. So mm-hmm. my mom. She was working at the hospital in Ventura and she had a co-worker there and there was a, a picture clip of Michael Jackson doing a dance move and behind him was a zombie in a white dress. They circled it and they put her name on there and my mom started laughing thinking it was funny like oh they make fun you funny and she looked at my mom was like no Laura that's me and my mom was like looking at her like wait what? Lord, that's me and she's like are you kidding me you were in that music video and she's like yes
1: that's
0: really cool yeah she was like how do you get into like an iconic music video during that era and she said that i guess she used to do a lot of dancing classes like her parents would put into dancing classes and then she got advanced and better and they picked her um studio to be part of michael jackson's thriller because i guess that school was so good okay in that That's very really cool.
1: I heard that Michael Jackson's um, dancing auditions to be any uh, part of any of his shows or concerts, I heard that they were really hard to get into. Yes,
0: and so she kind of told my mom the background of the music video is that obviously you had to be good because back then we, they used film, not digital. Because film costs more than digital when you do music videos. When they all did makeup, they said they had a lot of makeup artists and it took the dancers alone like two hours just to get us all done but michael jackson was longer oh yeah they said it probably took maybe five to six hours to get his makeup done
1: well i mean he's he's the main character yeah he's 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 the the main singer so of course they he they would dedicate more time to his appearance yes
0: so they would dedicate and they took longer and then and the crazy part about that she was all she was right behind him
1: that's really cool. That's
0: what we like she had to be that good to be right behind him. And if you guys want to look at the music video, the the answer I'm talking about is the one, the zombie in the white dress. Okay. Okay. Your mom's coworker. My mom's coworker. And bringing about Michael Jackson, um, another fact that relates to us. But that's a, a good song to play in October to iconic, dance.
1: Iconic, iconic Halloween jam.
0: Yes, I I listen to it.
1: I listen to it in like, to... I'll listen to Thriller in like February. I don't yeah. care. I listen to Michael Jackson all the time. Yeah,
0: I love him. Yeah, we don't we all. <laughs> and what's another interesting fact about um, Thriller, Bebs?
1: Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of them actually. Uh, Michael Jackson was Michael Jackson was twenty five years old when they filmed uh, Thriller. The video shot for four days, and in four the, days, yeah, it took yeah. four days, and um, in it is in the Guinness World Record uh, book. Uh, listed as the most successful music video of all time. Oh! Oh, did you know Janet Jackson was in the Thriller video?
0: She was. Yeah,
1: she was. She was one of the zombies as well.
0: Wow! So your
1: mom's coworker probably met her also.
0: Yeah, she probably mm-hmm. did.
1: And um, the his iconic red jacket was sold for one point eight million dollars in two thousand eleven, um, in an auction of in Beverly Hills in wow. Beverly Hills.
0: Wow yeah I, yeah i always hear like anything like yeah, if he had his glove because i know like one time he threw one of his gloves to the stands mm-hmm. and i guess somebody the fan who got it he oh, also, i'm sure they sold yeah, it or something they sold yeah, it, yeah. He but money. he kept it but he kept it for a while mm-hmm. and he sold it because he i heard i money. heard a bunch of things about any souvenirs he would have so you know throw to the fans or you know just like oh you know he didn't want to wear it no more he's like okay i'm done with it they would just sell it or auction it out. because, And it was worth a lot of money because, I mean, yeah, he, all items. because he was such a big pop star. That's why he's considered the king of pop.
1: The king of pop. Did, yeah. did you know that Michael Jackson never toured from his Thriller album? Oh, no. He never did. He wanted the Thriller song to be number one, that he put all this effort, extra effort into making the, the feature the film for it, the feature oh. for it. It went on to win eight Grammys, and it's still the highest-selling album in music history with over sixty-six million copies sold. And he never went on tour wow. with that album. Wow!
0: Wow! He didn't even make the effort. He—it's like, like well, he yeah. Put, he put all his effort yeah. into. Well, that, no, the he put the effort, yeah, into that. Yeah. You know, it's a bummer he passed away. You know, I know like things happened with him, but I will always think of the the positive things of him, what he did to us, because even when he passed away. A lot of people were just hurt.
1: I'm willing to bet that everyone knows where they were when they found out Michael Jackson passed away. Oh, I already
0: know where I was.
1: I know where I was too. I want to hear, okay, listeners, I want to hear where you guys were when you found out Michael Jackson passed away. I bet you remember, and I want to know it. Let us know. You can hit us up in our Instagram, and we'll link it below. I want to know it.
0: Mm -hmm. We went to, I think we went to go see a movie that came out in June. I forgot what movie it was. My mom gets a message on her phone, and it's my uncle. And he says, like, Michael Jackson just passed away. And my mom's like, what? Yeah. And then, like, then the radio stations, a lot of radio stations just, like.
1: Radio stations and news. I heard it. I was home yeah. with my parents, and we were watching TV. And it came up on the news that Michael Jackson was in the hospital. And then, like, later on, they said he passed away. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I remember where I was. I was sad when michael jackson died i didn't feel sad because i wasn't really into his music it sucks after he passed away i really got into his music mm-hmm. only after but yeah. that's kind of what celebrities when they pass away or big stars like that yeah all their stuff kind of comes up afterwards you know yeah
0: like prince yeah. um like
1: all their sales yeah. and stuff okay so that was michael jackson what yeah. do we have next
0: so this is the um the last one of the most iconic 90s shows to ever hit tv It is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air.
1: Oh, Will Smith.
0: Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. I I know.
1: Turn upside down. Everyone has to sing that.
0: Yeah. Will Smith was, of course, before the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a rapper. During that era, I guess he wasn't that popular in his music, even though he had good songs. It wasn't as great, and I guess what happened was, this is like other sources we see, is that he went through a struggle because his music career wasn't really accelerating. And next thing you know, an idea came out for a show for him, and when he agreed to it, it took his career to a whole direction. He didn't just go from just a a rapper, he went from a rapper to an actor, and then that also accelerated his music career because then all because of this show The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. Yeah.
1: I remember I think Will Smith was a clean rapper right? He wouldn't yeah. He would not curse in his records.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you this now?
1: Okay.
0: What did you think about The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? For me, Mhm.
1: was one of those shows that they focused on a lot of like hard issues did you notice that
0: yes yes they,
1: they are that they were the kind of show that touched on difficult topics and they had they played scenarios that mm-hmm. kind of made you think right mm-hmm. and it, it, this wasn't like a it was a kids show to an extent mm-hmm. but it had like big big kid issues going on with it you know
0: mm-hmm. so of course, I remember the first episode. We all do. And it also is like kind of pretty much the beginning of the music video. Well, the music and the intro of the show where, you know, Will, you know, he gets in trouble and Billy and his mom tells him that he's going to stay with his aunt and uncle in Bel-Air. Right. And of course, next thing you know, that's where the show starts off, like him at the front door. And that was
1: amazing. I really like that the introduction literally led to. Into the first episode. The last bit of the intro was him knocking on the door, right? And then the beginning of the episode one, what's his name? Jeffrey. Jeffrey opened the door for him.
0: Master Williams. That
1: was so cool that they did that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, of course, you know, the first episode, it came out in the 1990s. Like, the 1990s. 1990?
1: 1990,
0: yeah. Show, I had a lot of uh, celebrity appearances, too. Because the show was becoming so big and pop that celebrities wanted to be in those shows excluding Will Smith but there was always like somebody iconic I I think of one famous person and uh it was a boxer it was Evander Holyfield oh Evander Holyfield is a heavyweight boxer we all know him because of the whole him and Mike Tyson when Mike Tyson bit off his ear but yeah that's him but that's just like one of the famous celebrities i know that was in the show i know there's many more there's a lot more but that's just my one of my favorites so back to the first episode so will of course you know he's like wow, looking at this place, like, wow, this is like, I'm going to be living big here, you know. He's
1: properly impressed, He's properly
0: impressed, but the (laughs) thing is, he's still, like, living the Philly, like, attitude. They call like, street um, attitude. Right, yeah, he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't,
1: it doesn't look like he fits in, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's just like, he's just there, okay, and he just hangs out, and then his aunt and uh, Uncle, Uncle Phil, oh, everybody loved Uncle Phil. Yeah, Uncle Phil. He was a man of, I call it the man of wisdom. Because he always knew what to say in certain areas of, like, issues and problems. Will thinks that he's always on his case, but he's actually trying to, to guide him. Right. You know, and Will's just, like, you know, being himself. Like, ah, whatever, you know. Their proper, educated African-American family yeah. that made it big from hard work, like what you call, an what do you call it? The American like, Dream. The American Dream, where... People, are, are minorities that work so hard to work their way up to be living that lifestyle, yeah, and then they live proper. They live
1: well. They're they're now comfortable. They're, they're not
0: comfortable, com- right? Mm-hmm. But Will's not used to it, so Will's there, and then he meets his family the 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 banks, and. He sees like his spoiled cousin Hillary, right? Yeah. Hillary Banks, right? Hillary
1: is like the older sister. But she's
0: spoiled. Like she's like grade A spoiled. Oh
1: yeah, she's like, "Daddy, can you can I borrow the, yeah. the what does she say? She, so, she yeah. She'll say something
0: totally like, "Oh, can I borrow your Mercedes Benz or something? Right, like yeah. Something and he's like, like "Yeah, or can I borrow like oh, this much money or whatever?
1: Or daddy, I need three hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. And she yeah. And then me. the other sister, uh, Ashley Banks. She's just, like, a little girl, but she was just, like, she was, like, pretty into, like, Will's lifestyle. And, of course, his cousin. Carlton. Carlton. Carlton is just, like, he's a very proper individual. And he does, and the sad thing about the family is that, well, besides Uncle Phil and and Vivian, is that the kids live a certain lifestyle that they don't know what things are outside their area. How to react to certain scenarios, which one episode we're gonna to get to today. So, um,
1: yeah, so I see that. Like, I hadn't thought of it. I think that's really smart that you said that. I hadn't thought of it this way because when Will goes to Bel Air, he's now in a new environment and he has to adjust, right? But what I didn't realize up until now is that Will has also stepped into this family's uh, normal and he's now in a, a not normal thing in their home and yeah. now they have to adjust to him. But he he comes with all these extra things that they're these kids like you're saying they're sheltered, so when cousin Will comes in from the east coast, they're like his music his fashion style and like he, the the outfit that he's wearing in that first episode the yellow stripes yeah and the, the hat that is flipped yeah. upwards yeah like all that is so they're, different they're
0: not used to like seeing something like that right yeah so getting back to the first episode is that. You know and this is kind of like like why I love about Uncle Phil how we all loved about Uncle Phil like he always had some words in Winston and that episode will act appropriate in front of um, Uncle Phil his um, his co-workers at his law firm because a oh, dinner, F-
1: dinner party right? a dinner
0: party but Uncle Phil his background is that he's a high lawyer for a huge law firm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why he lives, they live the way they do. But Will acts inappropriate around his clients and his uh, other, his co-workers, his partners, right? right? And then they're talking, and Will tries to school Uncle Phil by trying to tell him, like, "I I am who you used to be, and you forgot all about that. It's like what we see, like, when young people try to act. They
1: know everything. They
0: know everything. And the thing is, like, Uncle Phil always knows how to counter properly, like, the whole... Like, Will acting like that, and he's like, you know something? I see that Malcolm X poster on the wall, and he's like, you might like Malcolm X. I'm going to tell you this that's like, quote-unquote, I heard the brother speak, and Will's just like, really? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much him telling Will, like, you know, you're telling me that I haven't been there? I've been through it all. I've been through all this and all that, and trust me, I know where I come from. Yeah. I know... Because, like, I'm an attorney and I make it good now doesn't mean I forget who I am. And that's just, like, good advice to tell somebody. Like, if you get somewhere in life, never forget where your roots come from. Right. Never be embarrassed of where you come from
1: yeah more importantly I, I would say adding on to that never forget your culture or never stop practicing your culture
0: if you're a mexican-american living in you know of course america mm-hmm. and you just want to straight up just be like well i'm american i want to be the just american don't but
1: assimilate just stay brown stay just, to, just to, yeah <laughs> but, but just the thing
0: kidding. is it's like but you originally came from mexico like don't be embarrassed mm-hmm. don't be embarrassed you are you come from a heritage in this country doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Remember, yeah. that's where your ancestors lived their lives. This is where they come from.
1: Yeah, and not only that, I think um, Uncle Phil was also talking about how he started. Worked with, his way up. With, yeah, so to be successful. So it's it, you can be successful and you can be all these great things, but don't forget like what got you there.
0: Yeah, and that's what we loved about Uncle Phil. And it's just so sad that he passed away. And when they did the reunion show.
1: He passed away before the reunion show. Yeah,
0: and that's why the the reunion picture, they actually had a picture of the actor, um, James Avery. And um, that's just one of his notable roles. And this is like another thing, like I I need to compare something personal that happened to me in my life. And I'm going to compare this episode to it. It's um, dealing with, you know, you live so sheltered and then when you experience something that you never experienced that you would you're, you as a parent would not want your child to experience right. And that's what happened So this episode is I'm talking about it, is when Uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian go to a partner's house further down and I will and Carlton decide to take hit the guy's car because they they took a helicopter so I think or they took something, and Will and and Carlton decide to drive over there, and then they're just sitting there, and they see you know, a, co- a cop car pulls them over, and Carlton pulls over, like because they're like, oh, we're lost. Maybe this police officer can help. But the thing is, like, Will's just like, just do what he says, you know, and so. And but then Carlton doesn't know what to, you know, really do. So he just thinks like, oh no, the police officers our friend. They are here to serve us, you know, protect us, right? right yeah. And the but. The thing is the police just see an African American driving a brand a nice car. They see two
1: African Americans. They see two
0: African Americans driving a brand a nice car. They stereotype in this I feel like something's going on. I, That's, I remember
1: they were also in like a nice neighborhood yeah, too, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. the nice
0: it's like saying that like, you don't belong here. What are you doing here? Right? And Will's just trying to tell Carlton, like, Carlton, do Why, this. Again? Yeah, you know this and then Carlton is just doesn't understand. He's like, Oh, here's my license but just give me a heads up this is not my car and then will's like, oh, oh, like why, why did you say that right and you know like that and then um things that carlton would say and then he's like what will what is it what's wrong and he's like get out of the car carlton he's like what and the cop's like get out of the car and then Carlton's like like Hi. why like why and then will gets off and of course he Goes over the, lean on the uh, hood of the oh, car. Oh, he gets
1: into like a resting position?
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, well, you know, search. Oh, a search you, position. You, yeah. oh, okay. Because you, you hover, you know, you hover over the hood of the car. Oh, okay.
1: I've, yeah. I've never been searched. And
0: next thing you know, Carl, uh, Carlson's like trying to uh, make a phone call. He's like, trust me, they're not going to arrest us. And then the, the door closes on both of them.
1: Yeah, the, the bars, the prison yeah. bars. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they're just uh, type of saying that these, uh, these are car thieves and blah, 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 right? Because Carlton was just being so honest, but he didn't understand that these police officers were racially profiling them. Right. And then wow. Will had thought of an idea to get, the, they wasted their first call and they couldn't get out. So they said that there was something going on and Will decided maybe we can do this. I guess there was a criminal out and something like that. And he told the cop like, hey, I need to tell you something. And he lied to saying he was that criminal so they can get the, the cameras in the, the jail. Mm-hmm. And then Will's like, oh, yeah, we did this. And then Carlton's there crying, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's yeah. like, and then that's when they all saw, like, of course, Uncle Phil and, and everyone saw that. And they're like, why are they in jail?
1: Wait, well, wait, wait. Backtrack a little bit. Cameras go into the jail. And these cameras are now, um, they're...
0: They're, they're, they're news cameras.
1: They're news cameras, and they're playing on the news. And now Uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian or are at the party. At a party, now watching the news elsewhere. And right? they
0: and they see it, and that's why. And they go to the jail, and then they're trying to like really like talk down on Uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you you know, why are these boys in there? Like they're telling them really sit down and blah blah blah. And then when their partner comes because he's he's Caucasian, mm-hmm. I don't like to really say color guys. That's just me. But he comes in and he's like, hey, what's going on? Why are those two and Joe's like, who are you? I'm, you know, this guy. He's like, oh, good news, sir. We fought, We got your car safe. These two criminals took your car. He's mm-hmm. like, those aren't criminals. That's my partner's kids. Mm-hmm. Like, partner, yes. Legal partners. Right. And then he told them, like, in Uncle Phil Is like, countered them, made them, like, did you call their attorney? No, you didn't. Because I'm their attorney. Did you call his parents? No, you didn't word of their parents you know straight out telling them like mm-hmm. because technically he's saying that you broke the law by yeah. not giving them their rights right g- into their mind their minors they
1: were minors and
0: that's illegal to do that
1: everything about that yeah, is yeah. and was- then
0: he just nailed it on there mm-hmm. and then they released them of course and next thing you know this is the part that uh, where i'm going to compare myself to this scenario so Carlton was, like, talking to Will because Will was just so angry that this happened. Yeah, having have,
1: experienced yeah, and, everything, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: and Carlton was just like, he like, Will, this could have happened to anybody, anybody. And Will was like, no, Carlton, this doesn't just happen to anybody. Tell him, like, and Will was just, like, they were just going at it. And next thing you know, like, I if I was a police officer, like, I would pull somebody over if, you know, they didn't have their whatever, you know, if they you were in somebody else's car. I, I forget the point of that that conversation but it was pretty much Carlton saying that it could have happened to anybody
1: well he was saying that he's like if I was a police officer I would have pulled us over yeah and then Will was like you what were we doing yeah and we were driving a a car
0: yeah but and then next thing you know Will just gets up and walks away and then Uncle Phil comes in and hey dad what happened to pretty much saying what happened that night was uh, like would you have done that would you have done that if you were a police officer would you have done that and Uncle Phil was like he kind of was like I forgot what he said, but it was like where Carlton was like what?
1: Yeah, he said what happened tonight shouldn't Should, have happened. Yeah, it at all.
0: yeah, it shouldn't happen at all. And, and then Carlton was like what? And then he was sitting, sitting there. He's like, if I was that copper, I would have pulled you know. Done yeah, Carlton is really struggling yeah, with this because yeah, yeah. he
1: really wants to believe that the police are good people. Yeah, he in wa- this case. Yeah, in
0: this case, but unfortunately, he didn't understand that he was racially profile.
1: yeah because he had never been racially profiled before. it's
0: like like you said like sheltered mm-hmm. and once you start you know you leaving go out your, into the you, world and <laughs> then you find out that the world is not uh, a nice place so what i'm just gonna go with this so what happened to me was when i was five turning six Like i was always getting in trouble
1: at school,
0: at school as in, in kindergarten
1: kindergarten
0: and i I was always getting in trouble. I was always sitting on the bench. I was always in the classroom while everybody got to play at recess. And I was always being sent to the office. And I, in my mind, I thought, like, maybe I'm just a troublemaker. Maybe I'm just, like, that one guy that just gets in trouble all the time, you know? Class clown. You're you know? kind of a class clown. Yeah.
1: In kindergarten, maybe not.
0: Yeah, but anyways. And it got to a day where the lady grabbed my arm. Like, physically grabbed my arm. Like, took me to the office said I was doing things that I did, and it's like I don't remember. Like maybe I did. I wasn't sure. Maybe somebody told on me.
1: What lady?
0: Um, the my my um kindergarten teacher. Your
1: kindergarten teacher yeah.
0: grabbed you by the arm. Yeah. And next thing you know, like I kept getting, I get, I guess they. I kept getting a lot of reports that I was just so much trouble.
1: Okay.
0: So next thing you know, they had a conference for me, and I don't know what happened, and next thing you know. I never saw that teacher again oh
1: yeah you you there was a parent teacher conference I'm yeah a parent
0: and i didn't know anything then right right but here's the thing when i got older you know something in the past came up and it brought like oh yeah i was always getting in trouble like in kindergarten like i was always getting sent to the office and my mom just like something she didn't want to bring up and you can tell from her eyes that they, they were red and i was like well, like what well, mom I'm like Phil, you were never getting in trouble you were just a little boy just wanting to be happy and play but that woman treated you and some of those kids and some of those kids the kids that were all that were always in trouble were latino oh you know and and we were always getting in trouble but it got to the point where she wanted to uh, kick me out of the school. Oh. She felt that I don't belong. Something oh. about me, right? And this definitely targeted and you. And this is yeah, she targeted me. And my mom was telling me like Philip, like she didn't want to talk about it until it was kind of brought up. And then her, she talked to me about this, and she was like Philip, so. That teacher really didn't like you. You kept we kept getting phone calls. We kept when it was time for you to get out of school, it was she always had something negative to say. It was never anything positive about you. Mm-hmm. It was always something negative, yeah. and it's like and I was like she was like you do this, you do that, and she's like my son doesn't do that at home. That or, hurts as a parent. You know, that hurts. And then next you know it got. It got the school involved because she was making a thing that like I needed to leave like or something like that like I'm not mentally there oh. or things like, things like I guess she was, she was just really, stuff, yeah. she was making up things saying that I was this and that. So mm-hmm. my mom's like, so you know what happened? We they, we had a parent conference. Me and your father went to this conference. We had your principal, your future teachers because the school already had like you know signed teachers for certain grades for the track system, A, B, C, and D. And those teachers were assigned to those tracks. Okay. And those were going to be the teachers that were going to watch me throughout the next three, four years. Yeah, sure. And what happened was that they had this meeting, and my mom told me, like, yeah, this teacher was just had her page. She was like, he was this, he was that, and I feel like he doesn't belong here. You know, straight out said, like, he doesn't belong here. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what she said and my mom said my dad got sh- straight up got. And my dad is pretty big and pretty. He's a pretty big scary guy. If you, uh, yeah,
1: if, if, you if you if you seen my father in law on the street and you didn't know him, you would think he'd look scary. But I know him and I think I know he's not scary. So
0: no, but no, but he <laughs> yeah. has history. But yeah. he has history. But the thing is, he she said something so mean to me. I guess my mom didn't want to tell me. She still hasn't told me to this day what it was. It was I think it, it, she said it was something very. Very hateful. hateful. Okay. Okay. And my dad got up and he's like, he straight out told her, if you were a man, I'd crack her right in the, you know, and he straight out said the f word Mm -hmm. and to crack you in the face. And she said, I want to call the police. He's threatening to hit me. He's only, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to pull like now. She wants to play the victim role after she was just criticizing me about this and criticizing me about that. Like
1: Basically lying about lying, your character. Yeah? Lying about
0: who I was. and right. like You know, I was only five, six. I was just a little boy. That's heartbreaking. You know, and then my dad said that. And, like, they were like, the, the she said, no, calm down, calm down, you know. And my dad was just like, they just saw him get up because my dad was big. And he's like me. We're martial artists. This, my dad used to be a kickboxer. And he was in shape. Well, who what? would like somebody to talk down on your kid like that? Oh,
1: God, no. No, no.
0: Like be very open to that, and it was just like, why would you say that to a kid? she's
1: an evil bitter person yeah, probably. and then my
0: dad would and my dad and they said like this is what we're gonna do they told her that she's gonna be gone for a little while, yeah. and what they did is they had to do all these things with me like I had to leave the classroom to go to speech therapy, I had to go to another classroom to make sure I'm learning the alphabet because she said I was intellectually not listening or doing things or following. Anything.
1: So now you have to like prove I had to yourself. Do,
0: I had to prove myself, yeah. to, and so they put it on a break just to see if she if she thought she was right, and if she was right, then they probably would have put me somewhere else. But because I knew what I was doing, I was listening to the the courses, and, and
1: you were a kid, but you still did all. Your yeah, work again, I knew huh? my
0: alphabets. I knew how to count. Right. I knew the colors. I knew like just the basic kindergarten things. Sure. You. Kn- I knew how to follow directions. And so, she, and next thing you know, when they finished examining me, they were like, he's fine. He's listening. He's educated. And next thing you know, they told her she had to go. And she left. And she left. I never saw her again. Oh. And I was like, I wouldn't expect to be like, you know, treated like that as a kid. Like yeah. we have stories when kids treat like that. But the thing is, like where I relate to myself with Carlton is that I was not like sheltered, but I didn't. Understand like I would have been like if I get in trouble like maybe I got trouble like I probably would have yeah, myself.
1: As a child you just wanna you want to you want to believe and you want to trust the adults in your life
0: Carlton and I we both realized that our reality was shattered Those people we look up to in our communities shattered the belief that teachers police officers our neighbors and our our political leaders are people to trust Will told Carlton pretty much saying quote unquote," they only see one thing and he taps Carlton on his face to indicate his skin. If you're a person of color, you may not get the same respect and the fact is those people won't say it. What I'm indicating is action speaks for itself. They don't have to say they don't like you but they express it in other ways. You can be African American, Latino, indigenous, asian middle eastern jewish and many other ethnicities and races certain people will judge we can say some minorities are unaware of the social issues and can be manipulated by the system Mm -hmm. we gaslight ourselves into believing we've done something wrong like carlton he was a minority and he said if he wasn't driving too slow and had a map This wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have been running around playing such as tag or hide and seek, I wouldn't have been sent to the principal's office consistently.
1: Right. Right. Well, I'm thinking now, Phil, have you ever been pulled over by the cops in a similar way to (sighs) Carlton?
0: Yes. Yeah? I have. And I, to this day, like, I'm still bothered by it because I gaslighted myself until... I realized that officer went overboard all because I rode my bike on the sidewalk. Even though it was a minor violation, he could have told me, Hey, sir, please don't ride your bike on the sidewalk. There's a bike lane right there. Please respect the law. But no, he searched me. and He even hurt my shoulder by yanking me just to, just to frisk me.
1: Uh, well, wait, when, when was this?
0: I was a senior in high school.
1: A senior in high school. Oh, so you were technically kind of a kid still.
0: Pretty much, Which yes. Is, yeah. Yes. And yeah. all it was because I'm Latino. But in this neighborhood, I was a specific type of Latino.
1: Yeah. It, well, you do look a little thuggy sometimes.
0: Hulum by nature, gangster by choice. Right?
1: Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it still happens to this day to others. Not just in California, New York, Texas, anywhere in America. It still happens to this day. What I'm trying to say is in conclusion, the thing is it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a well-known actor, a musician, a professor, a doctor, even a politician. Just like Will said, they only see one thing. Wow, that's,
1: that's really deep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've made your point, Phil. I, I think this is a, a good good point to stop right here. Yeah, that was a really interesting and fascinating uh, Fresh Prince episode that I think many people, many other people, minorities and millennials related to as well, just like you.
0: Yeah, I know they're out there. Just some keep it to themselves, but to express it, to understand that you've been hurt, yeah, and that somebody else is um, wrong. Somebody else has been in the same shoes as you.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, that you've been wronged.
0: You've been wronged. Right. And the thing is, it's people that you're supposed to trust. Pretty much, our taxes are paying these people. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. But that's pretty much what we have for today's show.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in and listening.
0: And this is the Millennials of SoCal. and And that
1: was so yesterday.
0: That was so yesterday. Hey everybody, it's Philly Phil. I hope you enjoyed our second episode. We're kicking off the month of October with Halloween hits that are worth watching, new and old. A little blast from the past with exciting titles such as Alien, Frankenstein, and none other than Beetlejuice. There are many more Halloween titles coming your way, and you can hear it all on the Millennials of SoCal podcast.